Good evening, hockey fans. Welcome back to the podcast. Long time no see. Long time no see. Yeah, so this is the, I guess, the final regular season podcast. Yes. So we thought we'd just jump on. We've got a fair few things to talk about. Uh, and just thought I'd say, we're back. We've got some topics for over the summer. We'll try and put out a couple of things then. But I think in the interim, I think it's quite an apt time to talk about a fair few things about this season that's just passed. We've got the playoffs versus Belfast. We've got... The ownership, our own version of the clan awards, <laughs> uh, and the off season, and some any other business. So, I guess starting off, we've got the playoffs that's just happened there over the weekend. Oh, so should we start before we get into the playoffs? That we actually got through to the playoffs, which was a bit of a surprise. Yes, that was a a big surprise. To be fair, we have played not too bad in occasions over the second half of the season. I would have said, uh-huh. but I think the clan made a couple of good decisions and lead up to it. I think they scrapped the Scottish Cup matches, which when you're playing with a kind of jaded team gave them a bit of respite, whereas I think Fife and Dundee continued on with them. Yeah, I think they did help though. But if memory serves me, we had like a two-week break or a week and a half or something like that, and then we came back and I can't even remember who we were playing, but we got absolutely pumped. So did it do as well? I don't really yeah, know. actually, now I think about it, I don't know if it did do as well, because it was definitely, I can't remember, there was a run of six games where we were doing really well, and then we came back from the, the two-week break and kind of yeah, didn't continue on with that form. I think the other thing we saw the clan do was, I think, to a few of the matches, they flew, including the Belfast one. And I, I guess just before we got to playoffs, obviously we've not podcasted for a wee bit, so there's a couple of things missing. We're just going to kind of jump ahead. But one of the things we can't not discuss was the Dyson Stevenson fight celebration at Fife away. Unfortunately, I was ill, so we weren't able to go to the away match. But that celebration that he done, where like, what was it, the kind of like the, the guns? Wrestling belt, WWE. Frankly. Yeah, he did the wrestling belt, then he kind of did the guns to the crowd of Fife, was iconic. It's became a kind of staple celebration at hockey matches. So if Dyson's anyway involved, to be fair, even if he's not involved, you'll just see me kind of going and sticking the guns up, <laughs> the, the, what little guns I have. <laughs> but um, th- yeah, so that was a kind of iconic, I think puts him down as like, uh, almost, I, I would imagine that's going to put him down very high, or put him, I don't know what I'm trying to say here, he's going to be very high up in one of the most memorable moments of last season, and if not for a while, I'm guessing, albeit we've obviously been following that hardcore for a while. But yeah, it was very impressive that. But that kind of that was a kind of I guess a, a be highlight. But going on to the Belfast playoff matches, I think it's fair to say for us, we're obviously grateful that the team got to the playoffs or playoff quarterfinals. But we weren't perhaps expecting too much from it. And I think judging from looking at Twitter and different things, I think it's fair to say that was probably the expectation of most folk that you know, we're playing Belfast, who have obviously been in a role, kind of feels like they've signed a completely new team in the second half of the season. Uh, won two of the three trophies that are on the go now. Um, so it definitely looked like it was going to be a bit of an upwards challenge. And obviously with them being, the, I think, the top seed, they got to pick when the first match was. So they picked it at home, we flew out, played the match, came back. And that sometimes is undone as in the past because it's quite a travel. But you know what? I thought we did pretty well in their way life to come away with a 4-2 defeat 
when you're watching the match, you kind of go, ah, oh, there's a couple of silly mistakes. But I think if you'd said to me before the match, you probably would have been, well, it's not ideal, but it could have been worse. You know, we've seen some of the results that come out of the league and especially the clan have been playing sometimes, it could have been a lot worse, but it still left us actually with a chance. And I know there's a lot of people talking about maybe not buying the tickets if we didn't have a chance, but I, th- I felt it gave us a bit of a chance. I think looking at the match, uh, there, was a, there was obviously there was a... The first goal was kind of slack defending. It was almost like Belfast just skated round. I think it was McLean, perhaps, and just scored the goal. It was it was pretty poor, and I think that was the disappointing thing about it is it kind of had a lot of the hallmarks of what the clan have caved in on over the season. There's a couple of wee poor things like that. I think the other controversial thing was uh, the goal controversy where we got a goal disallowed, mm-hmm. uh, which... I think on first re- review of it, I think I was like, no, that was a goal. That was that was a goal. They've got it wrong. But then I can kind of see, I think it's not just because it goes off the skate. I think it's the motion. And when you slow it down, it does look like it kind of kicks it into the net. So... Yeah, I won't lie. I didn't fully understand until I watched it again this morning. And I thought the kicking motion was only in reference to Besco, their goalie. I didn't realise it was our player had kicked. <laughs> So now when I've seen that again, I'm like, nah, it does actually look like... Because I was like, their they're, they're goalie's been like down in all fours. How could they have done a kicking motion? Like, it, that's impossible. So yeah. So the, I, I was getting a bit of rage. I didn't, I didn't go on a Twitter rant, but I wanted to. Um, which would have been a bit of a ready because, yeah. Anyway, so figured that out this morning about 10 o'clock. So I did not realise that's what you were thinking. Yeah. So I was just being a complete idiot because I, was, I saw it and I was kind of, oh, I think that might be a goal. Yeah. So, yeah, looking back, probably on reflection, the referee's probably got the call right, albeit that one goal could have got us. So, um, yeah, but I think we got a five on three opportunity and we managed to capitalise on it. So, uh, you know, normally the clan's power play hasn't exactly been... You know, some it's probably a common theme in the podcast. I've not been too impressed by it, but to be fair, they managed to capitalise on it, get the goal, which over the two bits. So once they scored, they then had a five on four, and then capitalised yeah. on that as well. So they did do well there and showed a bit of you know a bit of commit. It showed a bit of grit, I thought. But you know, I think I think something like the shots was what they were out. It was like they had, it was like forty something to sixteen, I think. Yeah, it was something crazy like that. But still, they left with a. You know, we're left with a chance of getting through there. And I guess that moves us on to the home leg, where the first the first minute I thought, oh, Clan are coming out the gates, we're looking pretty decent. Then it all went a wee bit wrong after, what, the four-minute mark, where they scored two goals in quick con- quick concession. And before you know <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, but Ailey couldn't resist that. Uh, but they... They scored two goals and that put us at a, I think that, was that a four-goal deficit? Yeah. yeah. I think so, yeah. yeah so that four. put us at a four-goal, four, <laughs> can't speak, <laughs> uh, a four-goal deficit. So you're kind of going with the greatest respects to the clan. I think I'd said, I think we're done here. I, I was like, great, can't believe we spent 50 quid on these tickets. But to give credit to the clan, they fought hard and almost... Got there. Yeah, fair play to them. Like they think they put everything, everything they had left in the tank, put everything in the line last night. So, yeah, I think it didn't help. I think Tickenham got scratched. 
just before, and I think I saw someone saying he was hobbling about the place, and then walked at some point during the match, also gets, well, I don't know if it's scratched, but he I didn't, I didn't notice this. Yeah, so right. uh, Bolts wasn't able to play for something. It was in Dyson's interview after the match. All right. Um, so, you know, we're already down, as we know, we've been kind of struggling a wee bit with D at certain points. So it was a, a wee bit of a shame there, but they really fought hard. And it's a, it's, I think it's, I think we titled other podcasts a while ago, it's Hope That Kills You. We were so close. And I think what happened in, it was either the first period or the second period as we came out and kind of re- really uh, clambered into them and kind of roughed them up a bit and I think that really rattled their cage a bit Yeah, and we were able to capitalise on it and Belfast did look a bit rattled and we were able to really really kind of get in amongst it and get some goals and, and to be honest with you there was, there was a couple of kind of control opportunities that if we just maximised we could have you know, could have snuck something, that's the annoying part uh, There was a Gary Hayden one that came within a, a, a whisker <laughs> <laughs> oh, I couldn't believe it didn't go in. But yeah. But to be fair, Belfast also had opportunities where we got lucky. Like I think it was when they were shooting towards kind of our end where we sit. Uh, so we had like a good view of the goal, and it literally just like t- tickled, <laughs> tickled the goal line. So yeah, we got very lucky, and I'm, I'm sure that happened like twice. Uh, when I was like, oh my god, time moves back. That's going straight in. Yeah, um, I think I think he they hit the. The post maybe a fair few times as well that that ping that hits. Uh, so they did have their opportunities, and there was definitely a bit where you know there's we were a bit fraught because we I think we got back and we got two goals. Then managed two goals, and then we're going. I think we had twelve minutes to go. I think with only one goal needed to get back to a drawn aggregate, and I think we did kind of. I don't know if it was our fault or the refs. I'm happy to blame. Uh, the, the refs but it probably was our fault but I think we ended up getting like two penalties towards the end that kind of oh well there was a too many too many men penalty about four minutes to go and like as soon as they got that I was like well, that's that over isn't it yeah so it was a uh, but then the kind of we've, ha- we've actually seen some of these wee nuggets of things happening where they've pulled folk and we've got that last minute goal but yeah, it wasn't to be, but I think look, I think after the match, Dyson put out quite a good like interview saying, look, I think we maybe didn't have the respect of our teams, but I think tonight we've definitely showed it. And I can't remember what the scores were, but some of them were absolutely well with you know big uh, goal differences, and we kept it to one. Which yeah, whilst obviously that's not the result we would have wanted. I think if you told me that's how they finished, and I said that that would be a respectable result, it could easily have having seen some of the clans' performances been a lot worse. But to be fair, they were out in a high. I think we. If you take away the aggregate goal result and we won 4-3 in that match, it was a really, really enjoyable match. And I think looking online, that was a fairly common theme from most of the folk at the game. So, yeah, it was definitely a really enjoyable match and a good way to kind of, I guess, finish the season on, albeit it's been, you know, one of those seasons, I guess. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, so it was overall a good match. And I think the other also obvious uh, moment on it was uh, Craig Peacock's retirement. Yeah. So I think that's, that's him hanging his boots up. So... That's the club captain, so it'll be interesting to see what happens next season with all that kind of stuff. And I guess, speaking of next season, mm-hmm. the ownership leading on to that. Um, yeah, so we've, straight after the match almost, I think there was a kind of announcement made by the Back the Bid guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they put a statement out on Twitter, basically apologising for the lack of updates in recent weeks. They said that they were under a non-disclosure, so that's why they haven't been able to actually put any information out on Twitter. But that had expired last week. Wednesday. 
Wednesday. But they were decided not to announce anything, obviously, due to the kind of the, the playoffs at the weekend. Um, so I'm guessing because we didn't get through or any further, they decided to put this statement out, basically saying that the bid hasn't been backed, essentially. <laughs> Neil Black hasn't backed the bid, as I think what was said there. Now, I think the key point was that the buyer needs, the, the seller needs to be motivated. And I think on this occasion, it doesn't sound like Neil Black was terribly motivated. Yeah. At least in the back of the bid case. Now, that's not to suggest there isn't other bids. Fingers crossed there is. I guess, obviously, disappointing that this was maybe the more vocal bid going on and there wasn't, you know, a successful bid there. But fingers crossed there's something else in the background. Now, I think if memory serves me, there was a back the bid banner in the arena at one point. Maybe that didn't quite help the bid, unfortunately, by the looks of it. Yeah. Yeah, I actually forgot about that. So, yeah, it's a bit disappointing. If I was being honest with you, yeah, it would have been good to see a change of ownership. And I think the, the guys that were kind of behind that seemed like they were genuinely interested into it and trying to get through. I do think, though, the kind of public nature of it, probably looking at the way Neil Black operates, which is very, not very public. <laughs> doesn't communicate whatsoever. I'm not sure if that was maybe his cup of tea, that mm-hmm. kind of uh, manoeuvre, but... Yeah, it looks like that's not in the well. It's definitely not in the cards now. So it'll be interesting to see what happens here because obviously there's kind of a lot of tension there from the fan base about Neil Black's ownership and the rest of the kind of management team and see what happens there. So I think obviously next season it poses a bit of an issue because obviously we're at the season ticket end of the season where a lot of clubs have started announcing their season tickets, prices, and all that kind of stuff. Um, which is probably a lot easier to do when you've got a clear ownership structure and perhaps returning players slash coach, etc. And at the moment, we kind of don't really have any of that at the moment. It's not clear who's going to own the club. Uh, it's not no management and all this kind of stuff. So I think that's something I think we need to kind of address relatively quickly. Yeah, I think I looked back and it was May time that the season tickets were announced last year. Year, I think maybe Malcolm Cameron. I can't remember. Malcolm Cameron got announced first, did he not? I think so. Yeah. I don't know. I think that was maybe straight after the, we went out in the playoff. Yeah. So Malcolm Cameron, I think, was announced first, and then I think the first signings were announced about June time, the June, beginning uh-huh. of June. But, but season tickets were about May time, so I mean, we're obviously just a few weeks shy of that. So yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah. So I think with season tickets coming and hopefully coming on sale or whatever soon, you'd hope there'd be an announcement in between times. I guess the concern about the lack of announcement and ownership and all this kind of stuff, you'd like to assume regardless of what's happening, there's people behind the scenes working on, you know, next season, because I guess we're in this kind of weird position where we don't have a manager. We've also got, well, and we'll probably do a f- future podcast episode of players would like to stay, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. But the longer we leave it without saying these guys, the, the 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 few that could be cherry picked by other EIHL teams are likely to get cherry picked already. Um, I think there's already rumours circulating about certain players. We won't go into them, but you know the standout players maybe or you know ones that have shown some prospect, they'll probably get picked before you even had a chance to sign them if we don't get the ownership structured. Assuming there's nothing going on in the background, so you do need to be careful. Obviously, there's a Dyson Stevenson situation where what's his role going to be next season? Is he going to be back? Who knows? I think he'd be a good character to have back in whatever role. I think I'd be quite happy to see him back. So, yeah, there's kind of a lot of things up in the air. I think as well people need to maybe start to reckon with the possibility that nothing's going to change. Because to be fair to 
to be fair to Neil Black, not really a sentence of what I'd say, but if you go back and look at his statement, he's never actually categorically came out and said, I am going to sell. I think his statement was phrased, and again, it was a very wishy-washy statement, but it was something to the effect of he was going to explore the possibility. So he's never actually said, I will sell this club, definitely. And then also I think people were saying after the Craig Anderson interview, whenever that was, with him a few months ago, he, he was talking about planning for the future and it very much sounded like somebody who had no intention of selling. And then people were up in arms about that, but then it was like, yeah, but he's not actually said he's going to sell. So I don't know. I think people maybe need to start coming to terms with, we, we might be stuck with this guy for next season. Yeah, I think if you look online, there's definitely a kind of divide, not dividing the fan base as such that people are going head to head or clashing, but I think there's definitely kind of two viewpoints. There's the, the people are just going to religiously not sell, eh, not buy a season ticket as long as Neil Black's an owner. And then you've probably got in the other camp folk that are going to renew it regardless because they like going to the hockey and having that time with, you know, whether it's good or bad with the hockey, but having that time with their family and yeah. things like that. And I think we probably fall into the latter group of probably renewing regardless. Yeah, I, I would like there to be a change, but do you know that way? I'm not going to sacrifice something that we enjoy just for the sake of Neil Black. <laughs> If that, makes, I know. <laughs> if that makes me a big bad boy morally, then yeah, but, and, yeah. And we're not trying to hear condone behaviours and all that. Oh kind no, of stuff. I don't agree. I don't agree with anything. I don't agree. Yeah, I'm, yeah. We're yeah. just trying to cover ourselves there. We're not. We're not making a stance of like we support Neil Black. If that makes sense. No, but absolutely we, not. But I think, but um, I'm not gonna. I don't think I wouldn't want to give up something that like, like we said, it's more than just the hockey for us. We kind of go and we've got that kind of couple hours just to have spend some time together and uh <laughs> you know tune out from a busy week at work we can just yeah. cheer for guys fighting one another so, so if we're not getting annoyed at other stuff in our life we can at least get annoyed with the clan <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> so yeah so that that's the ownership and i think one of the things we saw recently was the clan awards ceremony do i think it was on a wednesday night uh one of the hotels in glasgow and they had the full team there some tables and all that kind of stuff looked like a good night from what we saw uh, but they did a thing where it was like the clan awards of different categories and we thought what we'd do is just mirror it and say what we thought and look, we're no bashing them to hear this isn't a bash session so don't worry we've, we've not added I don't think we've really added any categories have we? Oh we were going to add most improved most improved yeah that was a good one so will we start with most improved then? Yeah let's start this, with most this fresh category for the awards ceremony <laughs> uh, so yeah who do you think? I think uh, Kevin Massey. I would have to agree with you there. Mm-hmm. I think Kevin Massey, at the start of the season, we were not very sure of. Mm-hmm. I think it's fair to say. Yeah. And I think probably after the ownership change, seemed to take on a new lease of life as the one of the a core D man. I thought like I thought he, play, he started to play really really well, and there's even sometimes going forwards. I thought he was yeah a bit more creative. Yeah, it? I thought he was really good. Now it's hard to really judge the D in its entirety because obviously they've been short the whole time, pretty much most of the season. So it is a bit difficult to judge them. But I definitely thought we saw once Malcolm Cameron left that Kevin Massey became a real solid standout player. So I mm-hmm. have to agree. Uh, for me, he was definitely one of the ones that was up there. Mm-hmm. In fact, I think he's. To me, the key one. I don't know if you can think of anyone else. But yeah, I think Kevin Massey. The, the first one I think they had was Unsung Hero of the Ice. So the clan put the doctors. Yeah. And we've put 
well, we've not actually discussed this. We're just coming up. We're just coming up with this off the top of our heads. Um, I thought you were going to play a jingle there. <laughs> yeah, drum roll. <laughs> drum roll. <laughs> Doctors. <laughs> <laughs> now, for me, I actually thought this was quite a nice touch. Uh, I thought that. that oh, the, oh, I didn't realise that was a ra- that was an answer. Well, that was my answer. You've got an answer as well. All oh, right. Okay, so. Uh, so I, I actually kind of agreed with this. I think we'd been following that um, the doctors had been planning to emigrate for a wee while now and we're going to Canada. So I thought that was quite a classy touch, to be fair. Yeah, I think it's quite, nice. I think from my understanding of like the, the role that a lot of doctors have in sport is it's quite a, not thankless, but um, yeah, I don't think they really get paid too much for it, if at all. I think it's almost voluntary. Uh, and, you know, it must be quite tough because these guys are getting beat up left, right and centre. So I thought they'd put in a good shift. Now, I do understand there probably was a little bit of controversy at some point in the season re- regarding the doctors. But I think I would like to think it was more based off the fact that they're retiring and have put in a shift. Yeah, I, I know. I, I think uh, I, I didn't realise until not too long ago that they, yeah, like you said, they don't get paid for yeah. their services. It's like a voluntary role. So, yeah. It's a big commitment. On the doctors. On the doctors. So we've agreed with Clan in that one. I like how we've made it as if there's something big controversial. Oh, well, I was going to do, I was actually going to do one. I can't remember his name, but the wee guy who uh, rolls out the mat for Clangus. What's his name again? Oh, I can't That's not all he does, obviously. (laughs) Obviously, he's got a joke. This guy, oh, it's going to eat me up inside for not remember this guy's name because I've got a long line of skaters in my family which you know is a bit of news to the, the podcast listeners but even they know him in that you're talking generations of folk and I've always said he's the nicest guy yeah and he was just absolutely lovely when we had our scary moment of him um, doing the man of the match uh, made you feel very reassured and I thought he's a good yeah so if memory serves me if we just do a wee quick fly back to that and um, we did the man of the match against a fight it was a five. fight five yeah. and I think <laughs> I think it could have been by the time we went downstairs, we were one, we were maybe like one nil up. And by the time it got to us presenting the man of match, we had lost it 2 1. <laughs> <laughs> and then John Muse comes up, obviously gutted. And what was it you said? Unlucky. <laughs> I didn't want to say a panic. Yeah. So, unsung hero on ice, the club went for Gabriel Shabbat. Mm hmm. I like. I'm a big. You can't fan. just copy everything. Yeah, no, but I, I do like. I, like, I do like Gabriel Shabot. Yeah, but then I've also who sticks in my mind as unsung hero. Uh, I think Dyson's fairly well sung about. So, yeah. so I think you can't see him. I think Hayden's put in a shift. Mm-hmm. You know, you could argue um, who else. I so I, I would have said Hayden, but like when you look at a lot of the other awards, he kind of took a fair few of them as well. I think, but yourself. Okay, maybe Shambhala is actually quite okay. <laughs> Sorry. You can't go for everything. <laughs> so yeah, we'll go for Gabriel Shambhala. I like him. Yeah. I've, I've got his bowling top Aww. from the SE bowling day. And I think the one that probably caused the most um, ruckus on Twitter was defenceman of the season. And the clan had put Mitch Jones. And I think it got a wee bit of... I think he got some stick. Um, I think it was definitely... It was definitely a polarising choice uh, by the looks of some of the views. For me, I think it's difficult. When you look at it over the course of the season, yeah, there's times where Mitch Jones has not been the same player he was the prior season. But then we also have to remember that he played with 
three D men for you know a good number of games were playing thirty minutes. Yeah, he was putting in the most minutes. Nearly got his eye gouged out by a hockey stack. Remember that and played what was it like the next day or something like yeah. that. Uh, so for me, over the piece, yeah, look, Jake Bolton came in great. It'd have been great to have kept him for the rest of the season. McLean came in, and I thought he's been great. I would say perhaps what's kind of not made me go it's McLean is I wouldn't have said he was the best in the playoffs. I know it's only two matches, but I kind of felt he got a wee bit undone a couple of times there, but definitely would like to re-sign him, but no spoilers. Uh, so for me, I think Mitch Jones, for me it's between Mitch Jones and McLean. I was going to say McLean. I, I just can't believe that you're literally saying everything the clan was saying. Like, what, what, what is the point in this? Anyway. Yeah, you'll just call me Craig at this point. No, I, I, I like McLean. I, and I like Mitch Jones as well, but I think McLean for me probably would, for me in my eyes, be it. But I can totally see the Mitch Jones choice selection as well. Um, forward of the year, well, the clan went for Steve McParland. Uh, look, obviously with a couple of people leave, uh, Wa and Laporte, who probably, if they'd stayed, might have been up there. Um, but in terms of forward of the year, I think Steve McPan did come onto a game. But I did feel like, uh, I thought Kennedy was quite... Kennedy. Kennedy! Just... <laughs> Sorry. Hayden, <laughs> what a memory slip. She's Louise. I thought Hayden had actually been relatively consistent, albeit... I'd, I'd, I would say maybe the last... Like few games, he's not really been as great. He's made some silly mistakes. Yeah. Or not taking chances. I think it's been difficult because I think it's probably fair to say that we've not, we've been missing almost like a full first line, which is disappointing because if you look at it, we did have like a true first line, then this season could have panned out a bit more differently in that second half. But I do think McParland did come on to a bit of a game and started being the player that we thought we were getting with him. Mm-hmm. So it was, he has been a lot more impressive. But I, did, I do like Hayden. I don't know why he's became a bit of a favourite of mine. Um, so, yeah, probably, I probably... I think I'd be inclined to go with... That's uh, a tough call. But I'm going to go with Hayden just because I'm getting paranoid. <laughs> just to say something different. Just to say something different. Okay, well, I was going to go with Mick Parland, so. Oh, you just saying everything to Clarence, so yeah. Then we had uh, Player of the Year, Dyson Stevenson. Yeah, yeah you can't argue with can't that. Can't argue with that. I think that's just a clear-cut uh, one. Um, players play of the year. <laughs> I don't think you can do the players play of the year choice. <laughs> um, most valuable player. The club went for John Muse. I think John did steady the ship when he came in. It's fair to say. I think he was one of Malcolm. I think he was the last Malcolm Cameron signing during yeah. the whole kind of Driscoll debacle. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... Was he the most valuable player? Yeah, a good goalkeeper steals your games, I think is the kind of saying. Mm-hmm. But, I, but I would have said Dyson, Dyson Stevenson. Stevenson. Yeah, me too. I, I, think, I think he just... I think he's held held the been the glue that's held the club together for yeah. several points over the season. I definitely think so. When you look at the interviews that he's done, you know, you can see the passion when he's on the ice, you can see the passion. Uh, even the interview with the... Climb from stand guys, you know, you could just see he seemed like a great guy, especially if he had time out to speak to the guys as well. Like, to me, he would have been the most valuable player. Mears has obviously been great, but um, I would have said Dyson Stevenson there. Yeah, me too. So, <laughs> that was the... the Any other categories you want to add in? Uh, strongest moustache? Oh, Waltz or McLean, that's a tough one. Waltz. 
Really? Yeah. A clean's got a wee bit of curls thrown at it. I think Waltz is more understated. I think if he wanted to do a curl, he could do a curl. <laughs> <laughs> if you played Waltz, he's came back from that injury in the last couple of games and I thought he did add a wee bit to it. Yeah, um, he's been good. Um, so yeah, I think that's kind of a wee bit of a roundup of the, I guess, the hockey. Uh, so I think the off-season's coming now. That's kind of clan over and done with for another, what, four or five months? Yeah. I think I think in summary, yeah, it's... We'll talk probably a bit more about the season in an upcoming podcast, but overall, yeah, it's been a bit doom and gloom, a lot of it, but as kind of brand new fans, in some regards, take away all the drama, we have enjoyed it, enjoyed spending the time with Ailey, enjoyed... Oh, thank you, I did fish that out either. <laughs> yeah, I've enjoyed spending time with the whole, whole of the different folk that I already knew that kind of got me into the clan, or the people that we've met through the clan, the different events we've done with the OSC... The away matches, there's been, whilst it's been maybe not the best season, there's definitely been a lot of positives for us. Definitely. Personally, you know, so we're hoping to next season go to a lot more of the away matches, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think overall the season, you know, whilst it's had some doom and gloom, on one hand, we've also enjoyed ourselves in other areas. So, yeah, an off season, what are we getting up to? Uh, well, we've got a couple of podcast ideas, so feel free to shoot them. We've got, you know, different things on the go for that aren't maybe... We'll have a recap of probably last season, uh, maybe a couple of different other bonus topics we've got on the go. We've got some ideas we've taken throughout the 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 year. I would say we'd do a history of the season of all the different topical events have happened, but I think that might take us into about a 15-part yeah. podcast series. And I'm sure there's someone else who could do a bit more in-depth than us. Uh, we've got a, we've got a wedding in Greece we're going to. Yeah. We're going to Disney in September, so I think we might miss the season opener. Uh, yeah, but I think we will. Or the Challenge, Challenge Cup. Cup. Yeah, we might miss the Challenge Cup. But we'll hopefully treat it a bit, bit better than they did this season because we've got deadly squat from that. Um, and we've got a cinema card, so we're hoping yeah. to kind of... Actually go, use that. Actually use that. What, what we've realised is going to the hockey... Uh, you know, it's quite a lot, and we stopped pretty much going to cinema despite being kind of cinema buffs for a good few years. Um, so yeah, it's our off season. I uh, hope you guys have a good one too. I hope the season, whilst it has up and downs, you've overall had a decent time. Uh, and I think if we get any other business, anything want to talk about before we finish up? You want to talk about anything we've been watching? Oh yeah, so I think one of the things we started doing in previ- the previous podcast was a wee bonus bit at the end of things we've been up to outside of hockey. Um, and, well, one of the things we've been watching is a TV show called Jury Duty. And the best way to describe it is it's a comedy reality show. The basic premise is it's in America, they're recording a Jury Duty case, but everyone... In it is an actor apart from one jury member. So basically, the show is kind of scripted to create all these situations or take things he's done and write them into the what's happening. Um, and it's just really, really funny, like all the stupid stuff and how they interweave things he's said into being big things. Yeah, so uh, yeah, it's kind of like the the Truman Show almost in real life. But um, I mean, I'm assuming most of the actors are like improv comedians because they're just kind of like spitballing the things that he's saying. I think there's like some scenarios that have been set up. Uh, one of the actors in it as well is James Marsden. I kind of mostly knew him from being in Hairspray, uh, but he's also in like X Men and Sonic the Hedgehog most recently. Uh, so I think because they've got him 
in it and he's obviously known to the guy who's not an actor as an actor he doesn't realize that all the rest of them are actors because <laughs> yeah. of that but yeah some of the some of the situations that he gets in is really funny so yeah we'd, recommend. we'd highly recommend that um yeah so that's probably one of the biggest things we've been uh, kind of watching. race across the world as well oh yeah that. another thing we'd recommend is race across the world and bbc iplayer um it's Got three seasons and they're not linked in any way. So I'd just start the current one. I think there's three episodes. Mm-hmm. And obviously I think due to COVID, they've had to limit the race across the world. So in this one, it's a race across Canada. And I think the premise is that to get a flight from one end of Canada to the other, say six hours, and the flight costs $1,500. The plot is... It would be more than $1,500. Yeah, whatever. Do you know what I mean? I'm, whatever the example. price is of like your yeah. your ear So say it's $1,500. Basically the couples get two times $1,500, and they've got to travel across Canada to different pit stops using that money, but they can't fly. So they've got to kind of, the money is is not going to get you fast. They've got to, you know, hitchhike, work, rent a car, get a bus, whatever. And it's kind of, it's really, really entertaining because I guess they get loads of, you know, they get mother, daughter, father's, Father, daughter, best friends, brothers, all this kind of stuff. And it's kind of interesting seeing, like, I guess the background to their relationship and how they work under pressure. But there's a really, really funny, not Scott, but when, there's a couple, one of them's the Scottish. I think the other guy that she's married to is from Manchester, but they're super, super funny on it. Um, there's a bit where they're hitchhiking and kind of like true, kind of Glaswegian fashion. Like they say, we'll pay gas money, but like it just cuts to like on the hour every hour, just giving the guy like $10 for like gas. <laughs> she's like, like, I like, don't I don't trust that if I give you the money up front, you're actually going to do it. So she just drip feeds in the money and 50 bucks. Yeah. So the, the premise is I've got a limited pot of money and sometimes need to work to top it up. But there's like, say, six legs. And say the first two, they don't get eliminated. But then after that, the last person to arrive then gets eliminated. So it's that kind of blessing and curse. You want to stop off and see some of the sites. But if you're last, you get ejected off the show, basically. So trying to find that right balance. And it's really funny. It's quite interesting. And Canada looks like an absolute cracking country to go and see. They go and see all these different places like Banff and all this kind of stuff. It looks incredible. So that's one of the, uh, another TV pick mm-hmm. for us. So, yeah, um, that's kind of a bits and bobs so we'll probably see you with a couple of podcasts over the summer with different topics feel free to shoot us an idea and um, feel free to get in contact with us mainly active on twitter and um, so it was it's over and out <laughs> it's been real enjoy <laughs> enjoy your off season hopefully see you next season see you next season <laughs> bye, bye. bye.